Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to episode 83, part 2, the season finale. This time it's back from Baku. Uh, we're going to chat to old man Trev, who's literally just landed back home from Baku. And we're going to look back on that game. Enjoy the show. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, we're recording this on the 1st of June. Uh, it's in the afternoon and we've uh, all heard the very, very sad news about uh, Jose Antonio Reyes, one of the invincibles, one of the Arsenal players that played for Arsenal, uh, has sadly been killed uh, in a car crash this morning in, I think, in Seville. Um, I've been driving for most of the day, so I've only got the top headlines of the story. But um, we'd just like to wish our condolences to him, his family and everybody else. I'd also like to tackle, um, in my Gooner to Gooner, I mentioned Reyes as uh, the player... I didn't like or whatever because he went crying back to Spain. Um, I still stand by that to a certain degree, but uh, I could have picked William Gallas, Sami Nasri, uh, Shamak. Uh, there's loads of players I could have picked just for the sake of it. Um, I, to be honest, I found it difficult picking any player, and I was just looking at a picture and I went, you know what? I, Ashley Cole's also in that picture. I was looking after the Invincibles, and I could have easily mentioned any of them uh, I just didn't know who to pick because if you're wearing red and white generally I support you but um, deeply and honestly um, uh, to Rea's family I know they won't probably listen to this but uh, other people will uh, we wish our heartfelt condolences from Guns and Yellow Ribbons Arsenal Fans Forum and all of us here I'm joined by uh, Johnny from the North Bank who has a war wound from uh, our trip to London on Wednesday night I'm joined by um, Manny, who uh, is eating nuts, these nuts, and I'm also joined by our soldier who went all the way out to Baku, old man Trev. Trev, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate, very well. Just before I go, I'd just like to say that uh, nice what you said there about Reyes and uh, condolences from me as well to all of his, his friends and family. Um yeah, had a, had a great time. Had a great time in um, in Baku. You've j- you, not really a you've soldier because nobody made me do it. If I'm honest, but uh, just well, I've been home about three and a half hours. I came home at half an hour with a beautiful wife. Then went and had a kit because uh, my flight left uh, basically at ten o'clock last night, and I, I'd had stopovers and I, I didn't get home till nearly midday today. So no a whole night with no sleep, not a thing. So I needed a bit of sleep. And I've just woke up, actually. I just woke up about five minutes ago. So you'll have to excuse me for being a bit sleepy-headed. To my text, then. I'm ready early. <laughs> yeah. Just, I just saw it, yeah. And there, 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 here we are, yeah. yeah. So how, how was Baku? Um, how was... Let's, let's take the game aside, first of all. How was the experience? Did... Uh, uh, UEFA look after our fans what was the hotels like what was the beers like go on right um, let's start with the important stuff the beer was fine 
Yeah, the the uh, the main Arsenal meeting point appeared. There was a little British pub called uh, the Red Lion. Well, we were made very welcome in there by the hostess, and uh, yeah, it got very very busy. So we went to to a few other places as well. Yeah, city was fine. Um, football, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, UEFA, well. It was a weird city, Baku, boys, and that's obviously developing. There's obviously quite a bit of money there because there's some, some posh new buildings going up. But um, they also, the, the, the people there do anything to try and make a, a minat, minat, it's called a minat, their, their, their currency. Um, but the only ones that really tried to rip you off were the, were the taxi drivers. They, they were a bit harsh with their prices at times. And uh, Okay. Few just heard a few stories about the hotels as well. It would appear that quite a few Arsenal fans have booked hotels early, got them at good price, and they've got to the result and found out that um, the hotels have cancelled their booking for them because they found out they could get a lot more money by reselling the rooms nearer the game. So yeah, that well, was I, a bit I, I said to you that I booked a hotel for I think it was three days. I, it was the wrong days, but I had booked three days in and around the final in Baku on Christmas uh, when I was with my brother-in-law and Johnny will uh, have met him on, well, you've met him before and I think you have as well there, Trev, uh, but we were in the Eaglet in Holloway Road and um, I was sitting having a drink with him on Christmas Day in my local pub and we're talking about it. I said we'd get to the final. I said we'd um, meet Chelsea in, in the final. Uh, I also said I thought we could probably do it. Um, uh, and I booked three nights accommodation for £29. And I, you know, the flights then were 600 quid still, uh, direct uh, scheduled flight, flights. Um, but it's just typical of bookings.com, not the the website but just the the airbnb the whatever sort of platform they do supply and demand they can cancel and you know take something off like ebay take something off sale and put it back up again um the stadium uh, some of the pictures you show uh, shared um uh, trev were impressive the stadium looked impressive but way out of town stadium was impressive the actual stadium itself was very impressive uh the the facilities and the setup was a bit underwhelming. There wasn't a lot to do outside the stadium at all. Uh, normally, when we go to European aways, we go down in the morning at a game, take some pictures of the stadium. You couldn't get within hundred yards of it. It was all there was. There was uh, soldiers every thirty yards right around the perimeter fence. But I suppose in a country like that, you've got to be security conscious, which was good. Um, the, the, the stewarding and the policing was. It was high profile, massively high profile. But it didn't do a lot. It didn't do a lot, you know. Like you know, I went in the toilet to uh, to obviously do what you do when you go in the toilet, and uh, there were stewards and police. Legal in stuff there that all... is, Trevor. Legal stuff. Of, of course, Fergus. <laughs> Why? Always bringing down the tone. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> okay, go on, carry yeah. on. But no, the, I... and, and and in the toilet was was all the, a lot of policemen and stewards were in there having a crafty cigarette and that, you know, and having a laugh and a joke. So. Yeah, you sent you sent us a message. I think on 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 the night said it's a no smoking zone. Yet again, I'm a, I've just gone in for a piss, and there's uh, there's all the security guards and the coffers having ha- having a crafty fag. They so, were, yeah. And in fairness, they didn't give a damn about the fan smoking, which didn't bother me overly because it was a big open stadium. But yeah, it did make me uh, giggle. Last question, probably unless you, there's stuff that you find that crops up. Um, 
the 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 stadium itself okay it, it's an olympic stadium the pitch was a million miles away and um it, it, the, the 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 tv pitches were shit i imagine it was pretty shit for you but people were saying that they opened the turnstiles about 15 minutes into the game because 15 minutes in the stadium was half empty and then it three quarters or nine tenths filled up filled up with um filled up uh, uh, uh with like locals just piling in yeah, I, I, know, we were in the ground. That? We were in the ground about I don't know about forty five, fifty minutes before kickoff, and and I, the, the ground did did fill up a little bit more towards the, the game itself. There were still lots of empty seats. I had no idea they'd open the turnstiles, but uh, interestingly enough, when when Chelsea scored their first goal, just to the right of us, there appeared to be quite a large group of locals. I think at one stage they were even chanting. Carabag, although that might have been outside the stadium. Um, and when I, when Chelsea scored their first goal, all the locals decided they were going to become Chelsea fans and, and start taunting the Arsenal, which uh, which didn't go down very well. I, I believe yeah, it did cause a little bit of conflict because there was very little, if any, segregation. You know, I, I mean, Chelsea fans and the Arsenal fans could get mingled with each other. And in fairness, I never saw any trouble between Chelsea and, and, uh, and Arsenal fans in the stadium, proper Chelsea and Arsenal fans in the stadium. But there was, I think, a bit of a bit of a bit of a punch up or whatever you want to call it, um, between Arsenal fans and some of the locals. But I, I didn't see. I, I just, you know, when you're in a crowd and you see a rush of bodies and a rush of people looking and that. That's what I didn't actually see fist flying, but I assume that was going on. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. I, I, I tell you what, the way I look at it is, it's it's a lovely stadium. It wasn't very well organised inside or outside the stadium. Security was was massive getting in, but there's other places I'd have rather have gone to watch that final. Mm. Would you go back to Baku? Right now, if you ask me, I'd say I wouldn't be bothered about going back to Baku. But because I know you, tra- you, you, you're a keen traveller, aren't you? Yeah, but if we draw Carabag in the in the group stages again next year. Of course I'll end up bloody going back, won't I, you know? I'm an Arsenal yeah. fan, so, yeah, of course I will, yeah. And Wouldn't the, go back the for an the, the, the final, that's, that was the, the, the idea, the question, would you go back there to visit outside football? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, Fergus, because um, Donna, the beautiful wife, is here listening to me, and I've got to be careful, um, <laughs> because I don't want to upset her, which I haven't done, I don't think. But she said, I mean, normally when I come back from away trips... Most of the time, I say to her, "Oh, I'll take you there one day because it's a really nice city, you know." If she hasn't already been, because she does come on some away trips, but she said to me, "You never said that to me this time," and I said, "Well, that's probably because I wouldn't take you to back here. There's other places better." It's it's probably because you weren't sober enough. Well, the beer was a good price in in fairness in most places. <laughs> beer was a good price, and I was with a a, a group of lads that uh, did lead me astray. They, you know, you get are, out. Are there they the lads? Are they the lads we saw on the uh, video call? Yeah, that was that was when was that? Oh, I can't even remember when it was. When was the game? First Wednesday thing in the bloody morning. It was. It was. It was. It, was, it was Friday night. Friday night was it? No, Thursday night. No, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, early hours of Friday morning. For you, yes. It was yeah, about lot, nine, ten o'clock here. A lot of the fans had. Uh, well, not a lot of the fans. Yeah, a lot of the fans had gone, but there were still a few about, and uh, 
those lads there were, were left and uh, they're lads that I know from the Arsenal. And and, uh, and, and you come along and said, oh, look, here, here, here's our, my friends from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. And they went, oh, we were hoping it was going to be the lovely Donna. You had obviously sold her very, very well. She is lovely, but you definitely sold her well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Listen, listen, I am. I, I have the utmost respect for you, uh, for the other 3,999 plus um fans that traveled out there i was close to but couldn't uh manage to work out the finances and logistics and time off work to get out there ticket wasn't an issue which i don't think anybody had an issue with tickets um but i have the utmost respect for anybody who goes out there and does that um that's hardcore and to you and all the others well done but what did you make of the game like you know the atmosphere was a bit strange it felt very flat it sounded like an exhibition game, uh, you know. It's uh, we we dominated, in my view at least, and I can be corrected. We dominated the first twenty-five, thirty minutes. Shaka hit the bar. Um, Johnny, you have a quick word because you were with me and you saw the TV through the fog and the eaglet. Oh God, the fog. Oh, don't, remind, don't remind me of the. We had to start a chant. Was it was it three quarters of the way through the first half? Everybody was jumping around, and it was uh, uh, crack a window open. <laughs> landlord, open the door. Landlord, landlord, open the door. It was absolutely stifling in there. They were complete. I, we, I like that pub, the eaglet. I do. But my God, they were they were a bit overwhelmed i don't think they really she's, she's only had it for two weeks i spoke to her briefly she's only had it for two weeks and i don't know she's never had a match day experience and a final what and a baptism the fact, of fire oh yeah card machine didn't work people were walking in with crates of beer uh, and sticking them underneath the tables all the young lads were in there uh, it, it was carnage and it was so full it was the only pub with no security on the door nothing was it yeah yeah exactly which is a shame yeah. So but, what was your question? Uh, what did you make of the first half? And then, Manny, you come in after that. I'm going to shut up and leave you two talk. Well, the first half, I'd say up until about 35, 40 minutes, we were knocking on their door pretty hard. And we should, we should have had a penalty in the first half. It was a Stonewall penalty, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and just, just at the end of that first half, they started to push back a bit. So the momentum swung ever so slightly back towards them. We were still in the ascendancy, but they were getting a little bit more uh, joy, let's say. And then uh, we all know what happened after half-time. Manny? I don't even know what to say, to be honest with you. Let's um, concentrate <coughs> on the first half. The first half was a pile of wank, like straight up. Um, really? Even though, yes, it was. It was a pile of wank. What? We for twenty five thirty minutes we it dominated. Was crap. We just needed to score a goal. No, the atmosphere was, was crap. flat and shit. It was. Was crap. there two games? What exactly on did we create? What did we create? I don't know what game you were watching, man. Because the please first tell half, me what we created. We were all in the over first half. Please tell me what we created. Well, Shaka hit the bar. Okay. Uh, we didn't. Well, we didn't have a creative midfielder or number ten, did we? So we were playing one man down straight so away. So please, so please tell me how that was a good first half. We 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 dominated the first twenty five thirty minutes. Doing what? Uh, putting exactly. Don't say that phrase, please, because that is a Spursy phrase. 
Exactly. No, no, we we put pressure upon. Uh, we put we, we we were imposing ourselves upon Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea, Chelsea were uh, soaking quite a lot of it up, but they they Chelsea couldn't get out of their half in the first twenty five minutes. What, what, what did, did I we say? What, what did I say to you in the pub, Ferg? They're biding. I reckon they're gonna bide their time and soak it up. And yeah, then, and I said, I said to you, we need a ha- uh, we need a goal before half time. We did, uh, and I agreed with you completely. But and we need Manny's, to score first. Manny's got a slight point in that we, we, we did nothing. Did we did, did we make Kepa really nope. work for it? No, well, the, 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 the so. keeper that worked the most was Czech. Right, they had two very good, good chances. Yeah. Right in that yeah. first half, all we did was was you know pass the ball about, get the useless Kalasinak in good places. He puts in bad ball after bad ball. Aubameyang mishits a chance. Xhaka hits the bar. But really, Kepa, we didn't work him at all. You know, Maitland-Niles was getting some joy on the right wing, but nothing really came of it. So did we really dominate that, that first half, that first 25 minutes? Sure, oh. with possession. But did we genuinely put them under pressure? Did we make Kepa work? Did we make them, you know, have to do something different? No, well, we, we didn't. We, we did have 16 shots in and the And how game. many of them were on target? Two. One of See, which we this, scored. This, this is interesting, boys, because <laughs> Manny's putting a different light on it now. Because I, I stood, I've not seen the game back yet, so I'm only going on what I saw through a haze of beer goggles. Yeah, but I got, to, we got to half time there, and I thought, yeah, all right, we both, we've had some chances. Chelsea have had some chances. Czech had played well, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't like worried at all to be honest at half time I never saw no. that result coming at half time never in a million years did I see that result coming we, we were in the game at well, half time we were still in the game well what we're going to post is um, we've changed the format slightly uh, on this um, we're going to post a slight 15 minute sort of clip of the match day sort of thing we missed the first half because we're just too busy getting singing and getting pissed but at half time, I spoke to my brother-in-law. I spoke to Johnny. I spoke to um, Pete Dewar, Stuart, uh, Martin. There's quite a few that we spoke to at half time, and everyone was positive at half time. Uh, you'll then hear later some clips with me and my brother-in-law when everyone else had fucked off and we'd gone down three-one, and then chatting to some youth afterwards. Uh, so you got about a fifteen-minute thing of just fox pops. But you're right, Johnny. Ev- I was quite upbeat half time. I, I I did say we needed a goal, but I I was confident still, weren't you? I was as well. I I still thought that we <laughs> had every chance. It was still nil nil, and I still thought that we had the slight upper hand in the ascendancy. But the end of the day, we're in the European final. They were never going to be mugs. The fact that they had the boost of having Kante on the pitch and everybody was saying that he wasn't going to play. I did say that could be a ruse. Yeah, it, might, it may well have been a ruse, but at the end of the day, it, that's what happened. So, Manny, I could hear you chuckling there. Uh, all of us seemed to see it maybe through rose-tinted glasses more. And you had no positivity at halftime? No, none. None. Emerson had a chance, Giro had a chance, you know what I mean? They were creating, they were cutting us apart a lot easier than we were cutting them apart, right? They had the genuine chances. Even though, so us dominating the first 25 minutes, guess what? Doesn't mean fuck all. Because Chelsea went in their halftime and, and thought to themselves, you know what? We soaked up everything that they've got to offer here. 
and we've created the better chances. All right, we've got a, we've got more of an opportunity in the day, dude. So let's go out there and finish them off. That's what I, I was sitting there and I was watching it with my nephew, right? And my nephew plays football for the under 14. So I was like, you know, let's sit together and let's have a look at this. Both of us said, you know what, this is not good enough. It's not good enough because we didn't do anything, right? So us dominating the ball and passing it sideways and getting half crosses in and missing half chances and hit the ball meant fuck all because we didn't work Kepa. We didn't work Chelsea properly. They worked us a lot better. So I don't know what halves you guys were watching, but from what I saw, I saw that second half coming. I saw you it do, coming. You do have to realise that Johnny, myself, and probably Trev as well, we're in the pub early. What's your point? I think I was there about four o'clock, actually. I wasn't much. Obviously, I finished work at 5.15 and was there bang on 5.15. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. if I'd have been in the company of Manny um, and he'd have said what he just said to me at half-time, I'd, Manny, I'd have laughed at you, mate. Like, I think most of us would. But in the end, in fairness, it, it, you, you're exactly right. You, you judged it well. You knew, for some reason, I don't know how you did it, I, mate. But I, you, I think, you, you know, you knew. But I tell you what, Giroud was up to it, up for it. Right from the start, Giroud was up for it. He had something to prove. Did yeah. you see this coming? Are you trying to tell me that none of you guys saw this coming? You didn't did, see that this guy you, was going to score. Didn't you, Manny, a challenge? Who was it you challenged John on Malone. Arsenal Fans Forum? John. A year ago, right? I challenged him a year ago, right? Because when the rumour came out that he was being linked with Chelsea, I put up a status saying, this is going to come back and bite us. And John Malone was like, oh, he's an average player. He's this and that. I'm like, no, we are strengthening the rival. This is going to come back to bite us. And look what the fuck happened. You can't tell now, me you I didn't see this coming. I think you're being too revisionist here. At the end of the day, we lost Giroud, but we gained Aubameyang. We had okay. to lose uh, Giroud to gain Aubameyang. Aubameyang is twice the player Giroud ever was. I get that. But the point is, right, we strengthened a rival, a direct rival, right? And I told John, this is going to come back to bite us. And I was hoping I was wrong about it. But from the first, you know, 20 minutes or what, half an hour or what or whatnot, you could tell that he was up for it. Winning every header, going into challenges. That was coming. And he has come back to bite us. Big time. I think most fans didn't want Giroud to go, did they? I know I didn't want Giroud to go, man. Yeah, Not to Chelsea. Because I, I, it, I, he, I, he gives I, us this massive option, Giroud. He's different to anything we had at the time. He was our only player of any size. He was head and yep. shoulders above anyone else. He, he, he can, he can hold up. the ball up. And, yeah. But uh, yeah. as Manny said... Not to Chelsea. Not to Chelsea, let him, no. Let him go to Paris. Let him go to fucking Spain. Let him go to Turkey. Let him go wherever. But you don't send him into the Premier League and then... Yeah. No, 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 Fergus. Like, you, do you remember the well story done. came you're, out? You're, you're, right? bang, you're bang on. It, it came back to bite us. No, do you remember the story came out about, you know, his wife wants to stay in London? All right, cool. Go to West Ham. Go to fucking Palace. Hell, I'll sell you to Charlton if you really want to stay in London. But I'm not selling you to Chelsea. Right, the reason why I didn't want well, to you sell to it, it wasn't his Chelsea. choice, in my opinion. It wasn't his choice. He I'm not took saying it was for the team. I'm not he saying took it was one for the team. I'm not saying it was, but remember, cast your minds back, right? When we wanted to take Denver Bar on loan, right? Chelsea said, "Fuck off, we're not doing it." But we happily sold him to them, and look what's happened a year later. He's laughing. He's gone. You look. I've won a European title. You fuckers are still finishing fifth. 
Well, that's probably as good as we'll finish next season, unless the uh, summer is really good. But we'll get on to that. Second half. Christ, we're 25 minutes in and we haven't even got the second half. Second half might be a very short one, I think. Um, it was a car crash. I, I, we didn't even come out. It looked like the, the team that three of us saw in the first half, who we were quite upbeat and confident about, they came out and just like, Hazard just turned on the burners. Uh, I was speaking to Stuart, a friend of mine, and he was he came along. He was quite critical of Maitland Niles, and I turned around and said to him, "said Look, in fairness, um, we did say it depends on how uh, which Chelsea turns up, and you know uh, Hazard. If Hazard turns up, we've got a game on. Maitland Niles just got ripped to fucking shreds. Um, you it's know, because as usual." Our full backs, our, our wing backs, get pinpointed as a weakness on the defensive footing. We don't have defensive wing backs. Kolasinac is not a great defender. No, he's not. Maitland Knowles is not a defender. No, he's not. He's a, he's a CDM, isn't he? He's not even a CDM. He's an attacking midfielder. He's played his whole youth career as a, in attacking roles. What number? So, what number would you put him in then? I would put him as his best of his uh, position eight. now is an eight. Yes. Yeah. Who's that? Well, sorry, I'd Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Maitland Niles. We're talking about taking one. People for the are team. hanging him out to dry. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. He's he's done his best and in a position that isn't his own. Listen, the turning point wasn't the end of the first half. The turning point was Giroud's goal. Right. Great finish with his head, but I tell Our you now. Dropped. I'm telling you now, if that had been Adams or Bold or, 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 or I don't know who else there, what was Koscielny doing? Koscielny preach, should preach, have preach, took preach. his head off. I yeah, could see it. There was no the leader on the pitch. There's not a leader on the pitch. And, and, and until we get a leader in that squad, it doesn't matter who the fuck we sign. We can go out and buy a £100 million Messi and we still are going to be shit because we need a leader on there. Somebody to come along and say, come on, guys. Come on. You... Listen, it's 30 years since we won uh, at Anfield. And can you remember those, those, those players where they turn around and, and, and they just scream at each other and they motivate, motivate each other? Koscielny doesn't fucking say nothing to nobody. Oh, my God. How many times Thank are we going to say Thank you, Fergus. Preach. How many Thank times you. are we going to say this? We've been saying this for years, right? The thing that we have, we need a most, winger, we need a leader. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Hold f- on. Fuck the, the thing, winger, leader first. Yeah, the, the thing we've been. The thing Start about, from the foundation. The foundation is the defence and having a good, strong leader. We have been none saying of that. This, we've been saying this for so long, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that later on, right? But the thing with Koscielny is this How long have you been playing with Giroud, right? How long have you been playing with him at Arsenal and for France? Apparently, he's your best friend. So you know exactly what he's good at. You know exactly where, what he's going to do and where he's going to go. At no point did Koscielny even look at where Giroud was. No point at all. He's looking at the play. Where's the danger? Doesn't look at all. Doesn't anticipate that he's going to do what he did. The turning point of this match, right, was we lost the midfield battle. And we lost that midfield battle when the lineup was announced, right? Because it was yeah. only Xhaka and Terreira. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It was only Xhaka and Terreira in that midfield, right? Gollum, right, was non-existent once again. That midfield <laughs> battle, we completely lost it, right? That's one. And then Sorry, two, Manny, I'm gone. 
It's true. He was non-existent. That, Precious. We, we we talked about this. Remember, I said on one of the couple uh, podcasts ago, the reason why we won at home against yep. Chelsea two 0 is because we had Ramsey. Rambo yep. pressing Jorginho constantly. Yeah, we did. We, we didn't did say have it. that in this game. We said I we heard did. you guys. And we didn't have it. I heard you guys say this. The thing is, Ramsey's sacrifice was what comes natural to him to do a job for the team. You could see it on the highlights. Chelsea will have a throw it. He will look, where's Jorginho going? All right, cool. I need to position myself here, right? So once that, that midfield right, was shown to us, I knew we were going to lose me, that battle. Let, right? Jorginho was bullying Ozil for fuck's sake. Let me, let, let me ask you this. Ozil needs to fuck off, in my view. He uh, and, and I know Trev wants to talk about um, when he was substituted and stuff like that. But name me a player on that pitch. And I know people try and say Torreira, but he doesn't speak the fucking language for, uh, for a start. But mm. name me a player on that pitch um, uh, uh, that could and understand uh, anything about Arsenal, what we feel like, what the fans feel like. Ramsey, None of them. Ramsey is the closest, and I'm not saying Ramsey was fantastic and brilliant and everything else. He played 30 games uh, on average a season since 2014. He he had a great end to his career at Arsenal. 2013-14 um, was probably his best season overall. Yes, he's got us some FA Cup games and so on. But name me a player who, one of them, who fucking understand. Actually, there is one player who at the end Don't came up to us. Don't you fucking say Jenkinson. <laughs> Don't well, you fucking well, uh, uh, no 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 no, regu- no 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 regular player who's played this season. No no no. Who, I, I will understand what it means to be an Arsenal player. I only person I can see is actually Maitland Niles because he's come through the youth system. He's a London it lad. Be. It, 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 yeah, I could go with Iwobi, but I don't think he's got the leadership qualities. But you've seen time and time again, Maitland Niles. He's screaming at Ozil. And what the fuck saying, does Ozil do? Ozil does fuck all. But the end. Because yeah yeah. About, I'm talking about Maitland-Niles. He don't give a fuck who you are. He will tell you to your face. The one I was going to say your fucking was, job. The one I was going to say is not one of my favourites, and I wouldn't mind seeing him going out the door. Was Shaka? At least he was the one oh. who walked up to Trevor. He, no, listen, no, 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 no. Listen, Manny, we're all critical of him. But I know he, what's coming. I know. He, he's the one who walked up to the fans in the far corner and called the players back to say, "Oi." These guys have travelled and spent fucking three, four grand. They've, they've spent a minute's wages. Yeah, they've spent a minute's wages getting out here. They've worked fucking a year for half that money. Uh, but it's a minute of your wages. Come here and applaud them. For that, I have some respect for Shaka. Yes. But again, like I said about uh, Manny's comments, it's revisionist. It's regret. It's shame. It's it's basically looking and saying, I've failed. Uh, this is the minimum I can do, but in the day, it, the the job the job was already done. The, you're they already failed us by not turning up when they come out after half time. There's no point in looking back and analysing the various goals. Trev, you you're gonna say something? Go on. Yeah, look. F- firstly, boys, you're talking about the end of the game. I've got to hold my hands up here. It's embarrassing because I've never done it before. I I do it at, at the odd very late kick off at Arsenal. But I'd actually gone out the back to the bar about four minutes before the end of the game. I thought, fuck this. I'm done here. 
No, I was there with you, mate. I, I left. You left, didn't you? I bought you a fucking pint. No, you asked me if I wanted the pint. And I said, no, I'm all right. No, I did it at this game. Me. I did it no, at this No, 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 this, no. So did we at the pub. In the, in the oh, pub. Oh. When the fourth goal went in, I but, just looked I just looked, I looked. at the players on the on the screen and I was like, they don't want, they obviously don't want this. Why? Am I, why? I, I'm done. And I walked out. I li- be, be fair, I did listen to the rest of the commentary walking down to the station, but I couldn't, I couldn't stand there and watch it anymore. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was just I'd had enough, and that, I, you know what I'm like, right? I don't like slagging off these individual players, but I would have said that probably one player on that field tried or performed, and that was Czech, and we've got to talk about him in a bit. Yeah, we will do. Hold that. The other nine, probably, well, probably six or seven of that nine tried, but they're just not good enough. Not good enough, and the other one. As Manny would say, uh, "Was Mr. Ozil? He just couldn't be bothered. Just no effort, and I, and that really pissed me off. Now I'm going to talk about a personal player, and I don't do it very often. Ozil pissed me off because, and I say it every time, and I'm I'm getting angry now thinking about it. I know he's good enough, right? I know he's good enough, and when he got substituted, and we're losing, and he stands in the middle of the field with his hands on his hips, and takes two minutes to walk off the fucking field." It's no wonder the Arsenal fans were booing. He didn't even look over his shoulder at those Arsenal fans who'd paid all that fucking money to go there and watch <laughs> the bastard and pay a minute of his month, of his wages, you know? Traipsed off. He did not give a fuck. Did not give a toss. I'm telling you. It, it just, I, I just looked at him and I thought, right, I, I know you're not well. I know you're not well. I, I don't oh, know you, what's you, wrong you, with you. You've said he's, he's ill. You've fu- you're fucked it now. You've got no sympathy. You're gone. You don't, you don't, you don't let me travel all that way to watch her and then get substituted when we're losing and fuck off the field that slowly and not even look over your shoulder. Not a chance. You're, I'm done with him. I don't care if it costs us three hundred and fifty grand a week for the next two years. We ain't going to be a performing side with him in. Right, boys. I, I need actually, drink Trev, now. I, I, I agree that if we can't sell him, just fucking mothball him. I know it's money. It's it, it's a money that we've off. accounted for. Just fucking leave him. Do not put him on the pitch again. No. Because I tell you what, if you do that for six months, he will soon fuck off because he will not get all his appearance. Uh, not forget about like um, his pay- awesome, yeah, all, all his advertising uh, commitments, his Adidas, and who's going to go yeah, goner, yeah, goner, and all that. He his value, his merchandisable or whatever you call it, is like his his value will just plummet. Uh, he needs to be on TV. He somebody said on one of these podcasts that he's the highest paid muslim player in the um in the Premier League. You know, fuck me. That that is that's huge. Can you imagine that across parts of Europe and Asia and stuff like that? He 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 can generate so much cash. But I I'm done with him. I, and I, I listen. I I I I didn't boo Sanchez. I haven't sang Ozil's song the whole time. Uh, and we were struggling for songs in the pub sometimes with some of the young kids we had around. They were trying to go, we ate Tottenham every five minutes. And he was like, look, leave it. Uh, but there was never a chance. The one time they tried to get the Ozil song going and it it fall flat. And I cannot, I cannot support him any further. You see, it's you're, you're right. And it goes back to what we just said, right? It goes back to what we just said. There's no leader on that field. Just going to take Ozil by the scruff of the neck and say, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Like, I tell you, when it first happened, Murtasaka used to grab hold of him, you know, and say, oi, go mm-hmm. and say thanks to the fans. 
Go and fucking do it. Or, or come on, pick yourself up and show a bit of heart. He, did, he didn't show one ounce of heart or passion. And and I know we've got a question coming up later, right? Victoria Concordia Crescent, what does it mean, right? It means victory through harmony. But the, 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 Answer it now, go on. Well, it's, that's not the most important thing for me at the moment, right? The most important sound at the moment is the one that we always we always associate with with, with David Rocastle, right? And I know Tony Adams said it. Um, play for the badge on the front of the shirt and people will remember the name on the back, right? Exactly. He ain't playing for that fucking badge. He ain't playing for that badge. I'm sorry, Ozil. I've, been, I've, I've not said a bad word about you, for, uh, but and I don't like doing it, but you're gone. Play for the badge on a shirt. And, I, and you know, get rid of the fucking lot of them. Even Alabama, Young and Lacazette and the, and the other few I love. If you're not going to play for the badge, fuck off. Why fuck the off. fuck Put are the you not out. even surprised that they don't play for the badge? Why are you surprised? These are modern footballers. They don't give a fuck about the badge. They only give a fuck about the numbers in their bank accounts. Right? We've been saying this. How long have we been talking about Ozil? How long have we been saying this? How many times have you been abused by his prepubescent, nut-sucking, dickhead fans because you dare to criticise him, right? How many times have we done this? Do you remember in the summer, right, when it came out, everything he went through with Germany and all those things that were being said about him and the only way he answered was through a statement, right? And a lot of people backed him through that statement. But now what he needed to do was go out on that pitch and show it, prove them that they were wrong about him. But he proved them right in every single thing that they were saying. Some of the things that they said about him went borderline personal. And if I said it about any of you guys on here, it would be on. But he proved them right in every single way. Now, I want to take two players, right? Give you two examples right, of players that went through trials and tribulations through last year and where they are at this year. Let's start with Santi Cazorla right said that he wasn't going to play again said that he wasn't going to walk again look at where he is now back playing football and in the spanish squad again right gritted his teeth and saved his career the next player raheem sterling all over the media because he had a gun on his leg and look what he posts on social media look he's showing off and and all of this criticism about his footballing ability racial abuse from england fans chelsea fans liverpool fans how does the boy respond uses this platform to highlight a problem in society pfa young player of the year goals assists performances you can't say shit about him and look at what we have what the fuck has ozil proven look at the way he walked off the pitch right you saw a glimpse of what he is as a man and that's a victim and that's a pussy the man's a coward no backbone no heart no nothing all he is is a brand well-written statements and Twitter propaganda. That's all he is. He's never shown it on the pitch. And people still defend this prick. He needs to get the fuck out of this club. The f I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you've got to pay him off. I don't care if you've got to fuck him. Get him out of that club. I think we're missing the point here commercially. The reason why we pay him so much money is because we get a lot, a big percentage of the the commercial money that he generates. No, we don't. Oh, he my gets God. it. No, we don't. No, no, we he, get he, a percentage. No, he gets it. But Puma Boys, don't drift sponsor. off the subject. I don't give a fuck how much money he gets. If if Thank it's you. the football that I go to watch, fuck the money. And but <laughs> Chelsea's tallies, man. 
turned up, right? Hazard was buzzing all over the field. Fucking cheating like he fucking does Hazard. The first time he got the ball, he ran in the box. I said to my mate, standing next to me, I said, watch this. I bet he goes down. He went down, right? There were screens for a penalty and the ref never gave it. Good on the ref, right? But I don't give a fuck what about the money. I want to see our talisman, our big name player, right? Our fucking, I know you can't compare it really, but our Messi or our Ronaldo or our Hazard uh, or our fucking Mo Salah or our fucking crown-eating wanker at Tottenham. I want to see him perform every week. Ozil's not performing. And why are they sticking with him now? I do not know. Gone, Manny, you were just right just now. Sorry, I'm ranting again, boys. I'm ranting again. No, no, mate. mate, Honestly, on a football side, yes, I completely agree. But I think we're underestimating the fact that they put the money before the football. The Cronkies, that's what they do. That's why everybody fucking hates them. Oh, my God. That's why, guaranteed, there will be a renewed campaign to get the Cronkies oh, there, out. There already is. I, I posted something on the Guns and Yellow Ribbons Facebook page, and it's already been seen by about 30,000 people, which is the Cronky out thing. Um, but just finishing up on the game, um, <sighs> look, we lost 4-1, but the questions are... Iwobi, first of all, came on. Uh, and showed some passion. Uh, I know you're going to struggle with this. It showed some passion, scored a goal. Oh, Willock was God. unfortunate. Um, but should we Willock be questioning... Was in, sh- yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, should we be questioning... Questioning... Sorry, there's too many ings in there. Um, uh, Lacazette and um, Abamyang about... You know, they just didn't click the whole Fergus. second half. that Fergus, we we should be questioning every single one of them, Emery Emery included. What exactly was the plan? Because when we went one nil down, you could see that we we're losing the midfield battle. You could see that heads are starting to drop. That was the moment to make a substitution, but not the man sat on his hands. The man did a fuck. I'm not gonna say his name. He did what the previous manager used to do. Waited until we were three nil down. Before bringing on Iwobi, right? And before anybody says anything else about Iwobi, right? He's been slated up and down this fucking fan base. But that boy did more in two minutes. Two minutes of coming on. Beat two man. Won a free kick. From the free kick, we get a corner. And what the fuck happens? Two minutes. Right? He did more than every single player that started that game. So we can ask questions about Lacazette and Aubameyang. We can ask the questions of Xhaka and all of that. But we need to ask questions of Emery. What the fuck was the plan? Why weren't these players up for it? We, what we exactly do, were you waiting for? We do have some questions which we're going to do in our season end review on our next podcast, which is uh, we're going to record straight after this. And uh, Liam Rodden has a question which we will talk about as well. Um, and it is very much on that topic. Um would who would you say, if you were to pick uh, an Arsenal player as an Arsenal player of the match, who would you say and uh, why? And none of Man, them really Man, deserve it. There's a, there's only one in my view, but uh, I'm asking Fogus, you guys first. Focus. Wait, wait. Let Manny go first. <laughs> Manny go first. <laughs> why? You know what? Fuck it. I'll go first. I'm not picking any of these. Oh, I was going to say it. I'm not picking any of these idiots. None of them. None of you them. Did, you did mention one. I'm not going to pick him. The you men did and mention the women, one. The men and the women of the match, for me, were the fans. 
the ones who, the ones like Trev, right, who went to Azerbaijan, the ones who drove from London through Baghdad, through various back streets and shitholes in Eastern Europe to make it to the match. Those are the real MVPs to me. None of them. I'm not picking any of these players. None of them. You can fuck that. The fans are the men and the women of the match for me. And the fact Agreed. that it took, and I, the I, fact I, that it I, had I, to take, the fact that it had to take Xhaka, right, to grab them, to tell them to appreciate the fans, that tells me everything I need to know about them. So this blind loyalty that every football fan seems to have, oh, we need to support the team, we need to support our players, fuck that. Fuck that. I don't support these dickheads. Because if I sit here and say I support them, then I go against everything that I live by in my normal life. I don't respect mm. failure. I don't respect cowards. I don't respect the Ozils of this world. Excuse merchants. All of that shit. Nah, fuck that. The fans are the men of the match for me. Men and women of the match. Fuck these players. But in one word, if you were to pick a player, no, which player I'm not would doing you have it. Picked? I'm not doing it. Move on. Johnny? Iwobi, because he's the only one that did anything. Trev? Oh, well, I'd have to pick Czech. Or, I agree. Or, Although that does raise another subject. Stop me dead if, if I'm moving off the... Well, I'm not moving off the point, but I don't know where you want to go yeah. with this. There was very... some some, And it, I heard it, this, this opinion from more than one different source while I was out there, the fans. Did the fact that Czech played show a weakness in Emery's management? Did yes. it show that he hasn't got that, you know, that, that, uh, what's, that cutting edge to say to a player, no, you're done? After what happened this week with the Chelsea story breaking, we're playing Leno. Did, uh, they they, they, they may oh, ruthless, show a lack, a lack of a ruthless streak in, in Emery. We'll, was, we'll, we'll probably touch on that in the uh, sort of um, is Emery so, getting off lightly sort of thing in the season end one in the next podcast. In the second where, half yeah, of in this. the second half of this. But um, I, I, I agree. I thought Czech was. A, he made probably six or seven really good saves. He got down low. Chelsea knew how to expose him. Um, the only other player who would uh, get a nod of respect is Awobi because he came on with a bit of passion. Uh, he scored a goal and we'll look after that. But they're the two subs. They're the two kids. And look at, you got a player who's old and leaving and going to be a Chelsea uh, sporting director and you got two kids. Um, okay, it will be maybe slightly less so, but two kids and all the rest of prima donnas couldn't be fucking asked. Fergus, I won't talk bad about any other players. I've, I've done my bit today yep. with talking about Mr. Ozil, but it won't be. He's not a kid anymore, mate. No, what, no, 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 no. Is he 24, is he now? 22. 23. 22, is he? 23. 23. Okay, yeah. he's not a kid anymore. He should be. He should be developing. He's played over 100 games, I think, now. So, yeah, yeah. he has got the experience. But he, and, he's, and he did he, lift us when he came on, though. Yeah. Did lift us, you know. Yeah, and he and, and he, he looked like he knew what it was all about. Boys, listen, <sighs> we're we're fired up to review the end of the season, aren't we? I can't believe how angry I am. I never get angry. Okay, I think it's it's uh, stirring up some shit. To be okay. honest with you. Okay, boys, listen. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, it was dreadful that um, performance. Uh, we're done. Um, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. 
Um, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Tune in just after this one and we will review the season end and we will answer your questions. I do hope you've enjoyed the show. If you do, give us a review and make sure you share it with your mates. Up the Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. I'm so pissed off, man. I'm gonna have some fucking. I don't know, man. It was just a shit show, and I'm so I'm so fucking angry, man. I'm having chocolate right now. Fuck it. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It was shit. Sweet. And there we go, money. That's what mm-hmm. happens when you drop a C bomb.